and I can add you so happy Friday everyone uh, my name is Joff Ozzin hosting the AMA today today I'm going to be joined by members of Shade Protocol and Secret Network <clears throat> we're embarking on integration in the near future so for those of you who don't know how this is happening or why this is happening uh, Composable has extended IBC outside of the Cosmos ecosystem. We've successfully established IBC connections to various Cosmos chains, and one of them being Secret Network. So this call is basically going over how our integration will follow through. So I'm going to start with an introduction from Patrick from Secret Network. If you could just give an intro into what you do at Secret and what Secret is all about for anybody from the Polkadot ecosystem that's listening in. Sure thing. How's it going? My name is Patrick. Thanks for having me, Composable Team. I work for the Secret Network Foundation. We are the marketing team of Secret Network. And Secret Network is a layer one smart contract platform built on the Cosmos SDK of the cosmos ecosystem and what we mainly provide is privacy preserving smart contracts so basically you can write smart contracts that have encrypted inputs and outputs and state which allows you to do a lot of cool stuff that you would normally be able to do on a completely transparent and public smart contract blockchain like ethereum for example i think that's the basics of it i will hand it over to the shade team for their intro Patrick, thanks for the rundown on Secret Network. Uh, Carter here, I'm the lead researcher at Shade Protocol. Shade Protocol is an array of connected, privacy-preserving DeFi applications built on top of Secret Network. This includes a privacy-preserving stablecoin called Silk, a private lending product with Shade Lend, where your liquidation price points aren't publicly uh, visible, uh, as well as a 100% front-running resistant uh, decentralized exchange known as ShadeSwap, which uh, has uh, lots of different great uh, features that you can go ahead and, and check out. But we, we believe that in order for DeFi to truly scale, that you need privacy to create fair markets because privacy doesn't care if you have a million dollars or a single dollar. Uh, the encryption guarantees of Seeker Network uh, equitably protects you uh, regardless. So that's a little bit a little bit about the Shape Protocol vision for private DeFi. Sure. And thank you very much. Brainja, would you like to give sort of an update on 
where we are with the integration in terms of connecting to Cosmos chains and what we've been doing the past couple of weeks. Yeah, sure. So we've connected to um, Stride, the Cosmos Hub, Osmosis, um, uh, Secret as well, several other Neutron, um, and we're working on adding more chains to the ecosystem as quickly as possible. We're also rolling out multi-hop functionality, which allows for uh, multiple different hops uh, between Polkadot to Cosmos to be done with a single click. So hopefully that should be uh, wrapped up pretty soon as well. Um, we also recently posted for discussion a proposal requesting 1 million DOT as a loan from the Polkadot treasury to be deployed into uh, Cosmos DeFi. Um, so looking forward to seeing how that materializes as well in the coming weeks. So Shade and Secret are both sort of privacy-focused chains. Um, I was wondering if you could start the discussion of why privacy is essential to decentralized finance in the industry. So, I mean, this is like an open question, but Patrick. I, I think you cut off there, but I, <laughs> I understood most of the question. Um, if it's okay, I will answer that in a more general way as to like why privacy is important for Web3 as a whole, and then maybe hand it over to Shade about why it's important for DeFi specifically. So um, an analogy I like to use is if you think about traditional Web2 applications. So let's say you want to build something like a ride sharing app like Uber and you want to build it on Web3 so that it's decentralized. If you try to build that on Web3 right now on a blockchain like Ethereum, every bit of information that goes onto that application is going to be visible to the entire world including a user's rideshare information, like their location history, where they're being picked up, where they're being dropped off, how much money they have in their wallet, how much they've spent overall. All of that information is going to have to be visible on chain for it to be a truly decentralized application. Um, with Secret Network, we are solving that problem by allowing you to still build the application in a decentralized way, but keep some of that information encrypted and only reveal the necessary information needed for that application to work. So a user can view that information. They can review the rideshare history, how much they've spent overall in the app, all the transactions. They can view all of that. That's fine. Maybe even the application developer can view that if needed. But you or me, you know, somebody on the outside just looking in and trying to see like what's going on with this application. If you build that on secret, we're not going to be able to see all that information because we don't need to know that information. So that's that's why Web3 really needs privacy so that you can build powerful applications. And if Web3 is ever going to see true mass adoption, then privacy is absolutely necessary. So I'll hand it over to Shade to, uh, oh, sorry, go ahead, Lisa, hey. Yeah, let me just jump in on that. Um, thanks, Patrick, that was a great example. Um, I'm Lisa Loud, I'm the Executive Director of Secret Network Foundation. Um, and I just wanted to, so my background is at PayPal, from PayPal, Apple and stuff, but at PayPal specifically, when we acquired Venmo, in the early days of Venmo, I don't know if anyone remembers, 
all of your transactions were broadcast to the network. So anytime you paid any friend on for anything in Venmo, um, it was broadcast and everyone could see what you paid. Well, there was a, a, a movement towards privacy then, right? Like your financial transactions, sure, it's fun to see what other people are paying, but after a while, people realized, wait a second, I don't necessarily want everyone to see what I'm paying for everything. So then they implemented this feature where you could hide your transactions. You could publish them if you wanted, you could broadcast them, or but you could keep them private. And I think that's where we are with blockchain today. Um, we we think, oh, this is so cool. Everything's public and we can broadcast everything. Everyone can see everything. But then after some time, you realize, wait a second, this is not always a good thing. So that's why another example of why privacy is important in blockchain, especially in the financial realm. If you guys don't mind me jumping in here as, as, a, as a third voice, I think that was a really good rundown on the value of transactional privacy as well as metadata privacy. And so specifically on the decentralized finance side of things, total transparency creates this environment where programmatic actors have an unfair advantage compared to a normal user, right? Normal user, they're just using a front-end interface. They want to go make a trade on Uniswap and, and, and they make their purchase. But what they don't know is that all of their transaction information is totally publicly visible and people are, there's these whole bidding gas wars to front run the user and extract value from the fact that they know the trade the user is about to make and, and they can front run that. And so there's hundreds of millions of dollars that are being extracted from users because of this total transparency. It's, a, it's an unfair trading environment where programmatic actors are able to extract value. And so on Seeger Network with ShadeSwap, We've done over $66 million in volume in the last couple months, and there has been zero value leakage to people front running. That means users, when they make the trade, they get all of the, the asset that they deserve. They don't have to worry about these programmatic actors extracting value. Um, for things like lending protocols on Ethereum, you can go right now on MakerDAO, go on a block explorer and see that, ooh, if the price of ETH drops to $1,400, I can... Forceful, forcefully liquidate this $25 million position. And so you have this, this big PVP of people tracking each other's accounts and trying to shift prices to cause cascading liquidations. And this hurts both retail and institutional players. And so if you have a privacy preserving, you know, liquidation price points, then, then you, can, you can protect everyone from, from that, that kind of like harsh trading environment where people are, are hunting each other. So as a whole, I believe that privacy creates a more equitable and fair decentralized finance environment and Seeger Network allows those protections to be equitably uh, given to, to all users. Yeah, and I'll just add, add one more piece to what Carter was saying here. I think from a really high level, um, private DeFi is decentralized finance that, that just puts the power of choice back into the user's hands in regard to their financial privacy in this digital world and also protection from value extraction, like Carter was mentioning. Um, you know, within private DeFi, all your sensitive data relating to balances, positions, transaction histories, uh, allowances attached to particular tokens are all confidential and only known to you. And, you know, kind of as the complexity and maturity of uh, the financial applications in this space grow and attract newer user bases, it's it's critical for not only us, but projects across this space to maintain that pillar of value 
which is the protection of our digital self-sovereignty. And not to try and fear monger here on this beautiful Friday, but, uh, you know, just for anyone who's, you know, really thinking about, oh, how valuable is your privacy and how valuable is choice, uh, you know, in making, you know, in determining your financial future. And my only suggestion is think about the the railways currently being set up for uh, for centralized digital currencies across the world, payment railways being set up by sovereign governments, um, you know, trying to set up this modern financial system to have this extreme asymmetry of information and choice, like Carter was mentioning, that exists in public markets. Um, and Shade Protocol, thanks to the power of secret smart contracts, brings a much greater symmetry of information to markets and users and and really puts that choice back in users' hands of how much they want to share, how much uh, you know do they want to be extracted. I think the answer to the latter part of the question is zero. Uh, but that's the beauty of privacy, right? It's about giving people the choice to make decisions, not an ultimatum. Well said to all of you. Um, a lot of deep insights into privacy and DeFi there. Uh, Ranger, I was wondering if you could discuss what sort of collaboration we can expect between Composable, Secret, and Shade in the coming weeks. Yeah, and sure. I guess your thoughts on privacy and DeFi as a whole. Yeah, I mean, I mean, like privacy in DeFi overall is is incredibly important. Um, you know, there there are teams like Flashbots who are now building uh, Suave for decentralized block building, which is uh, requires privacy so that, you know, users are not taken advantage of and value can be passed back to the user. Um, so I think overall, you know, things are trending in the direction of on-chain activities need to have a layer of privacy at the pre-processing layer um, at the minimum. Um, and so you know, from, from our perspective, you know, we're also looking at similar things as well um, in the future, um, implementing some, some, you know, privacy aspects into our overall, you know, stack. And so I think due to this general alignment, um, you know, we've, I've always been a huge fan of all the work that the uh, Secret and Shade team have been, Shade Swap team have been, have been doing and specifically trying to get Silk into the ecosystem. Um, is very exciting to me. Uh, I, I believe that there is a huge need for a proper decentralized stablecoin. And um, I think as other stablecoin providers are slower to adopt uh, DOT as collateral, um, I'm excited to see you know DOT being used as collateral for Silk um, and ultimately creating deep liquidity pools of Dot Silk and Pika Silk and Pika Shade, etc. In the coming weeks, um, so yeah, I mean, I think you know, from from our perspective, uh, new assets should be treated as new opportunities, and I think you know the Shade team and Secret team have, have very much so embraced this this notion. Just wanna. Go ahead, sir. I saw you on that. <laughs> yeah, I, I just wanted to say um, what kind of an honor it is for, for Shane Secret to be here talking with uh, the Composable team. I remember, uh, my name's Red Eyed Bear behind the protocol account. I remember when we did our first interview with Brain Jar, it had to have been over a year ago. I think this was just as you guys were looking to launch uh, 
your cross-chain uh, virtual machine, cross-chain smart contracts, and seeing how that has progressed to the point where now, uh, you know, Picasso Network is fully alive and we have IBC being extended to the greater dot, sum, dot summit ecosystem. Like the, it, it's just been really cool seeing the, the layering of the, the foundational building blocks to build out this truly um, interchain ecosystem. And now the interchain is uh, being extended to dot sama. So, um, you know, I, I'm a bit of a tech nerd, so I love hearing how people are extending this technology. Obviously, uh, we have other bridging uh, bridge providers in the cosmos like Axelar and Gravity Bridge and what um, Composable and Picasso are doing to kind of extend those bridging capabilities uh, between these different ecosystems is really cool. And something I'm personally kind of interested about is, you know, with with all these different bridges uh, coming up, and um, you know, all these different types of assets flowing between ecosystems, um, we're going to want to make sure that there's some really good nomenclature for individuals to be able to uh, discern between you know these uh, these composable assets or these um, you know these dot sama assets bridged via. Uh, Picasso and then the likes of Gravity Bridge or Wormhole or anyone else who's kind of bringing dot assets into the Cosmos ecosystem. So I don't know if you guys have any information regarding like how you plan on, uh, you know, framing that nomenclature. So it's easy for individuals to tell like, okay, this dot was bridged via, um, you know, Centauri Trustless Zone versus some other uh, bridge, you know, we want to make it very clear for users what they're using. Yeah, no, absolutely. So yeah, and, and thanks so much for the kind words. Um, so I think from, from my perspective, you know, I believe that anything that's has to go through some sort of pseudo multi-sig should probably have the word AXL in front of it. Um, so like Axel dot as an example, whereas something that's like IBC in my perspective, I think it's like canonical. Um, so, but obviously you could refer to it as IBC dot. Um, but okay. Yeah, yeah, I see concerned. what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned though, like this is a real dot, you know, um, obviously like I'm an IBC maxi, but, um, but like the correct way to refer to it is, 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 you know, IBC dog. Got it. That's, that's good information. Uh, you know, we've got a lot, there's actually a surprising amount of overlap between individuals who are cosmos curious and polka dot curious. So, uh, you know, making sure we have all our ducks in a row is going to be good once these pools launch officially. 100% agreed. Yeah. I mean, just to add on that, I think it's like a case by case basis. So like, some cosmos chains like um osmosis for example they choose a canonical version of the token so it's for those scenarios it's truly up to the community to decide what the canonical is and being in the cosmos choosing ibc is just a no-brainer so i don't know if secret have like a canonical sort of proposal that we need to post but uh, yeah, do let us know. Carter, I don't know if you have any, um, any thoughts on this. I think, you know, for all our Axelar assets, um, 
you know, when you're bridging their USDC dot axle, USDT dot axle. Um, but when you're looking at them on the actual swap page, it just looks like USDT and USDC. So um, might be might be worth revisiting, like how we want to display these things. I don't know, Carter. What do you do? You have any thoughts on that? Uh, I've always thought that logos, like um, these types of like text prefixes, are really ugly, and for some users, can be super overwhelming. Add on to that, like your derivative prefixes, where it's like. Oh, this is S S T da 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 da, right? So, in my opinion, a, a really good way of solving it is kind of a, a, a logo distinction in terms of the the wrapper around the, the, the visual logo. Um, I think if if you can come up with like really solid standards around that, I think Stride's a great example. You see that pink outline around the Atom logo, and you're like, oh, that's 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 S T Atom. That's that's Stride's staking derivative. So. Um, Yes, I think you have to use text prefixes, but my dream is one day that the brands are strong enough and are blue chip enough that you can get away with not having the text text prefix. But I, I think that's that's a that's a, a, a multi year transition uh, towards that brand recognition across the board. Yeah, um, we can definitely follow up on that after this AMA. Uh, I just wanted to touch on silk. Because I remember Brain John mentioned it. So I was wondering if you guys could give an intro into what Silk is, how it works, and how it can benefit users in the Polkadot ecosystem. For sure. After I do that, I'd also love to hear from, from Lisa and Patrick about privacy as a service and maybe how that could bridge over to, to the Polkadot ecosystem one day. But um, so on, on Silk, Silk is an over collateralized uh, stablecoin. Uh, it's similar model to uh, MakerDAO. It has democratized liquidations is, is, is one difference. Uh, but the, the two really key features that differentiate Silk is that it's private by default. Um, so at inception, you're, you're holding on to a, a secret token where your balances are only uh, visible to you. And when you move it around, there's also that transactional privacy that Secret Network provides. So that's obviously a huge deal with the privacy side. And eventually what that can mean for, for commerce integrations is, is very important. The second piece of the puzzle with Silk is that it's not pegged to the US dollar over and over again. We keep seeing stable coins pegging to the dollar and there's a lot of demand for the dollar, but we've always held this two years and growing stance that um, the future, like we, we can make a better stable coin. We, we don't have to settle for the dollar. We can actually create new and innovative stable coins that have a different, a different peg. And so Silk tracks uh, the US dollar, the Euro, the Canadian dollar, the yen, gold, and Bitcoin. And so it ends up having this very interesting kind of inflation resistant properties and volatility resistant properties. And governance is actually capable of evolving the basket over time. So if the US dollar absolutely crashes or the euro absolutely crashes governance could actually vote to reassign the weight tied to that that to that um currency to something else um and so this means like silk is really playing in its own late game right now we're anticipating that the global economy will do things in 50 years or 100 years that we're not aware of right now and all of these decentralized stable coins that are pegging their future to the dollar and all of these De DeFi products pegging their future to the dollar, we think that there's a lot of 
a lot of risk to that decision, a lot of tail risks over the long haul. Um, so that's that's mostly what Silk is known for. It's over collateralized, it's private, and it has a really unique peg. Perfect. And I guess if anybody else is listening, um, feel free to ask any questions in the thread about Shade or Secret, and we can answer them over the call. I'm going to move this to Patrick and Lisa. I believe Carter was asking how users from the Polkadot ecosystem can benefit from privacy as a service via Secret. Yeah, let's talk about that. So that's something super exciting that we're hoping that this is going to be able to enable. Um, let me just go ahead and tell you about privacy as a service in general. Privacy as a service basically means the ability for Secret to provide privacy-preserving computation to other blockchains, blockchains that normally wouldn't have access to this kind of thing because they're completely transparent blockchains. And the way that's achieved is through cross-chain communication protocols. Um, an example is Axelar. Axelar has GMP, general message passing, and that's going to actually be enabled on Secret next month, which is huge because it's going to allow communications between contracts on EVM chains like Ethereum and Secret Network. And so another example of a cross-chain communication protocol is Centauri. And I'll let Brainjar maybe talk more about this. Um, I don't want to like over-promise, under-deliver anything, but I know we're in the research stages right now of what this could possibly enable as far as message passing between Secret Network and Polkadot chains. Um, so obviously we can swap tokens right away and Shade is going to be the first to integrate that. But going forward after that, I think there's a lot of cool things that we could potentially do and that we're starting to explore right now. And I can even mention a couple of potential teams that we're talking with um, on the Polkadot side that we're excited about. Do it. Leak the alpha. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, no, I mean, nothing is planned, nothing is concrete yet, but we're just talking. But there are a couple of teams that we've had relationships with on the Polkadot side for quite a while, um, going back a year or two at least, way before any of this uh, Centauri stuff was even starting to be built yet. But there are a couple of chains, one of which is Manta um, and the other is Fala, both of which have some privacy relations and that's why we were talking to them because we obviously have some things in common some common goals um, manta is a zk platform for building zk applications they provide a lot of different tooling uh, they have a couple of different networks actually i think they have an l1 and an l2 so generally just a zk platform is a good way to summarize it and fala they provide Basically, they provide off-chain computation for on-chain contracts is their main idea. And the way they do that is actually pretty similar to the way that Secret provides its privacy as well, using secure enclaves. So definitely have some commonalities there. But basically, the fact that we can use Centauri to possibly communicate with applications on those networks, that's going to enable a lot of cool things. Um, if we're sending like encrypted messages back and forth between two privacy preserving blockchains, you know, with end-to-end -end encryption, that's just 
that's something that we haven't actually done yet. So that's that's going to enable some really cool things. Yeah, just to follow the cross-chain messaging protocols, Brainjar, I was wondering if you could go into how the XEVM, which is now known as the Composable VM, can be used to interact with secret network, especially since you know we have Cosmos on our parachains. So what sort of cross-ecosystem collaboration do you foresee? Yeah, for sure. So I think in general, our focus is is how do you get uh, IBC to do interesting things, um, not beyond just token transfers. Uh, and so um, the ability for someone to swap on multiple chains or have a TWAM uh, across multiple different chains at the same time or, you know, yield farm in one ecosystem and, uh, you know, take out a loan in another ecosystem. This type of composability, which is why we're called composable, uh, is, is what we're really going for here. And so the, the first version of what we're, di- what we're discussing will be out um, sometime pretty soon. And it will allow people to, you know, have assets on one chain, swap, uh, and do things on another chain um, while still sort of remaining in the originating network. Um, and so the first version is going to be Cosmosm specific, so we can deploy Cosmosm uh, contracts anywhere that has Cosmosm um, and be able to do these types of things. Um, so, so yeah, I think that's, you know, as we then extend this to Ethereum and, and other ecosystems, um, the same sort of architecture and structure will, will occur as well. One interesting, like, application of that type of cross-chain communication that just popped into my head is, imagine you could lock up your transparent asset on a transparent blockchain and then mint out a private stablecoin against that position but people don't know how much and how large your loan is against those transparent assets right like you you can you can essentially have these really interesting cross-chain ports and DeFi applications and i think once again this is where privacy is so fascinating because there are distinct there's distinct advantages to having your origination point for a lot of your DeFi metadata being protected while still being like but if you but if you can access those transparent assets and still tap into their value um, without having to incur the friction of kind of some of that cross-chain interoperability of actually having a bridge. If you can just have a communication protocol that is, that is able to manage all of that, I think the use cases are going to get really cool uh, very quickly. Yeah, and I think just with the composable VM, um, down the line, we would be able to create an interface where a user doesn't really need to leave Picasso and they could mint silk on Picasso so this would just look like the funds directed to secret minted on silk and then spawned back to Picasso so I guess once we have XCVM v0 we can work towards getting that accomplished um we haven't really heard from Joe uh Joe is our head of strategy and governance lead I was wondering if you could discuss a recent proposal that Composable has put up in the Polkadot Treasury and how you see this interacting with Shade. 
and secret? Sure. Yeah, no. So for those that are unaware, um, right now we've put forth a proposal with the Polkadot Treasury to acquire um, just a million dollars worth of DOT tokens at the moment. And this is going to be for the use within cross-chain DeFi. Um, so we've been primarily targeting DEXs within the space to try to proliferate DOT liquidity across the ecosystem. Um, and we hope that this sort of trickles out some more exosteric use cases. I mean, I think things like privacy are a little bit probably under the radar for most. Um, a lot of what we're looking for is essentially to get DOT across Cosmos protocols so that this allows easier use for some of these, I guess, second order type activities, things like lending, derivatives, um, privacy definitely falls into that bucket um, and essentially kind of bring usability and awareness within Cosmos to DOT as it's remained sort of this, uh, I guess, segregated asset within its own ecosystem right now. Yeah, we'll say DOT, rec uh, you know, DOT is uh, very similar to Adam, uh, you know, the, the way Adam is perceived in the Cosmos in the sense that it's kind of viewed as this blue chip asset that that has the properties that are beneficial for borrowing stable coins. Just thinking about stable coins like Silk right now. Um, you know, one of the first things we're going to be looking to do uh, bringing these assets over is to get liquidity seated on ShadeSwap, uh, particularly Silk and Dot and uh, Shade and Pika. But I think one of the other really interesting opportunities that exists, um, particularly with ShadeSwap, is that as a result of the novel asymmetric concentrated liquidity uh, curve that ShadeSwap utilizes, we can provide incredibly efficient swaps for DOT and any liquid staking derivatives for DOT um, with much lower liquidity than a lot of these constant product market maker uh, DEXs out there. And so I imagine, you know, DOT coming over into uh, the Cosmos ecosystem, you know, those are probably going to be the constant product market maker uh, or order books. Those are probably where you would, you would find some of the easiest traction just thinking about osmosis right now. But from an efficiency standpoint, I can't help but think about the value that could be um, that could be brought to Shade Protocol, Secret Network, general Cosmos ecosystem uh, with even a small amount of liquidity of DOT and liquid staking derivatives for DOT. And then also, you know, getting DOT onboarded as collateral in the future uh, for Silk as well would be a goal uh, from our end. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a really good point too, right? It's like DOT is kind of this asset that's existed sort of within its own base protocol, but it's got extremely large liquidity across its own DEXs as well as centralized exchanges. Um, and though we do see a lot of volatility in the asset itself, it's definitely much more muted compared to some of these alternative assets within the ecosystems, like comparable to the parachain tokens themselves, or maybe some of these, I guess, lesser known app chains on Cosmos as well. Um, so DOT kind of sits as a pretty interesting token to be used for the stablecoin minting that we're speaking about. One question I do have is how, how much proliferation have you seen of liquid staking adoption tied to DOT? Because, you know, a lot of the proof of stake work, I feel, feel like things like Cosmos and Polkadot have been ahead of the curve on. So I'm curious, what, what types of like percentage of supply are tied to staking derivatives at this point for something like DOT? 
Brainja, would you like to take this? I know there's some. Actually, I don't think we can go into detail about some information uh, that we plan to establish. But would you like to speak about this? Yeah. So they're really aside from Bifrost. I think some other teams like Akala tried this to like really get adoption for this. Um, didn't really work out super well. I think there's still a huge opportunity <clears throat> for Liquid Stake Dot. Um, and if Bifrost or some other teams in the future really try to nail this, I think there is a huge case to be made for Liquid Stake Dot as, as a primitive um, within the DeFi ecosystem as a whole. Yeah, we, we believe that they're absolutely necessary just because of the opportunity cost of DeFi participants having to choose between do I do I stake but then be locked in and not be able to participate in DeFi or do I go, you know, liquidity provide but miss out on that, that staking yield that's much safer. And the beauty of those liquid staking derivatives is that those DeFi participants don't have to choose. They can, they can do both simultaneously. Granted, they're taking on some additional risk tied to, you know, smart contracts and security. Um, but assuming that uh, the, the security holds true. They're just really, really good products. And we've seen East taking derivative adoption skyrocket. We've seen Stride over in Cosmos see really, really good adoption. So I'm, I'm excited to have Shade Protocol help with the proliferation of DOT staking derivatives because we're, Shade Protocol is very much staking derivative focused from, from day one we have been. Perfect. Um, I'm just going to move on to the last question before I look at the community questions so composable is actually working on extending the ivc to ecosystems beyond polka dot uh right now we're heavily focused on ibc to eth but after that we plan to extend it to other major layer ones in the space which could be beneficial to the ibc ecosystem liquidity wise user base wise so i was wondering what this would mean for secret network how do you guys see extending ibc to other ecosystems benefiting the secret ecosystem and what sort of collaboration would you like to hold yeah i think that's extremely exciting i mean as i was saying with privacy as a service that's like our main focus right now is really extending secrets capabilities beyond both secret and the ibc ecosystem into other ecosystems like uh, EVM and Substrate and anything else that ever can possibly connect to IBC, you know, we definitely believe in a multi-chain future. So having a connection to every possible blockchain out there and providing privacy preserving computation to blockchains that wouldn't otherwise be able to access that kind of thing is it's what we're all about. So looking forward to some exciting announcements from Composable about that in the future for sure. Whatever you guys can connect to, we'll be excited about. I think, um, for example, I just heard about one yesterday that I had no idea was even going on, but um, Icon, if anybody's familiar with that, the ICX token, they actually have their own ecosystem of applications. And I believe if it's not live now, it's very close to being live. They just put out an announcement like yesterday about the, the Icon chain integrating IBC. So very cool as we see ecosystems continue to implement IBC that had originally had no plans for that, but IBC is very composable. 
Yeah, Icon is definitely an interesting one. Uh, we've been in touch with them for a while, but I'm glad they finally released the, everything they've been doing. So I think they're going to be going live in maybe Q4. So yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how it could revive their chain. Um, I guess w one community question I'm reading is, how do you guys see privacy as... How are you guys tackling privacy in the sense where Tornado Cash and these sort of privacy preserving protocols have been targeted by the SEC and these sort of government establishments? And what are you guys doing to tackle this? Yeah, I can answer that. I can also. Yeah, I'm sure Patrick can add. I'll start and then you can fill in. Um, I'm sure you have a lot more context on some of the other things, but. Um, so to start with, we 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 took action um, to to correct the impression when Binance was going to delist Secret. We pointed out that we're not um, we're not a like a privacy coin like Monero or Zcash. We're we're actually providing programmable privacy and, and for data in smart contracts, and they reversed that decision. So that got us very active, right? But um, the fact that we were successful in arguing that, I think is a really good sign because Binance is under, under a microscope right now. And that was why they were being reactive. But hearing what, um, how, how we're different from something like Monero was effective in, in putting us into a better space. So Overall, there is definitely a taint on the word privacy at the moment, and that's unfair in my opinion, but you know that's the way it is. It's also unfair that Bitcoin is tagged with this um, the the ecology, the waste of energy um, media, but that's not something that we can address all the time. So sometimes we just have to go with what the media is reporting and try to find ways to work with it. Um, and in this case, I think that privacy is a huge, that's why we use the examples of Venmo and, and Uber, because it's hugely misunderstood. Um, if we can push the narrative that we, we expect privacy for our daily lives, we don't, we don't give away all of our data. We don't tell our, I mean, just in Patrick's example about rides, you don't want to be, you don't want the Uber driver to know um, everything about you. You don't want, you want, don't want them to know that you're traveling and that you're going to be out of town for this amount of time. And you went to the airport. I mean, that's a security risk that, that allows people to take advantage of, of the information in a malicious way. So pushing the, the narrative of privacy as security is, is really important. We're, we're experimenting with a lot of different ways of doing that. Um, Vitalik also talks about privacy apple talks about privacy you know as a good thing as a necessary thing so it's just finding those opportunities to build the narrative around why privacy is necessary and is not a, a prelude to criminal activity it's actually the opposite it's preventing criminal activity that's the narrative that we we see being successful in the marketplace or in the market and then patrick i think you were also going to add some details about um some concrete efforts to, to to change perceptions in government. Um, yeah, so I have two points. First, like Lisa was saying with the Binance situation, um, 
about a month or two ago, Binance had made an announcement that they were going to be delisting some privacy. So the secret token itself, SCRT, at the base level, um, doesn't have like private transactions built into it. So exchanges and stuff, you know, there's no problem with that because transactions with the SCRT token. So second point is what data is allowed to be shared and what's kept private. And so that enables that enables compliance. You can share what you need to share with the authorities that it needs to be shared with secret. And that means basically a user has a decryption key that allows them to view their own personal transaction history um, for various tokens and, and contracts. And if they want to, they can share that to prove their blockchain history too, they have the ability to do that. So that's another example of a way that Secret is able to provide privacy while still being legally compliant. And if I could just jump in as a, a third voice, I think that was really good rundown from the layer one perspective. I could probably talk about it a little bit from an app on top of Secret Network. Um, the way I think about it is that Secret Network exports private compute and so providing that the, the attribute of privacy and data encryption holistically is super healthy and super powerful. And then it's really up to the builders in terms of what they're actually building on top of that attribute. Um, people that are intentionally designing a mixer versus a DEX versus a lending product versus an Uber rideshare versus an NFT marketplace, right? Like there's lots of different ways that attribute can get used. Um, I'm a little bit more of like a privacy maximalist in the sense that I actually think Tornado Cash was used in many, many healthy ways. There's, you, if you wanted to be able to pay an employee on chain and protect that person's salary amount, you have to have some sort of on-chain privacy to do that. Um, if you want commerce to like thrive, you don't want people to be able to snoop on who your customers are, when they're buying your products and for how much, right? So. And Tornado Cash has like many legitimate uses, and I think I think it's unfortunate that it you know there's 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 so many ethics that we could dive into on that. So I I just want to say from my perspective, I don't I don't represent the layer one, but I do believe even something like Tornado Cash is a public the the privacy. And at the end of the day, Secret Network's in a great position because it's it's exporting private compute. It's not actually it's not designing applications on top of the private compute itself. It's leaving that up to uh, the builders and it's giving users the sovereignty to decide which applications they want to use. Thank you very much for that. Um, I think we're reaching the top of the hour. I was wondering if you guys could share what resources users can learn more about Shade and Secret as a beginner into the ecosystem. Uh, Red, do you want to run down what it means to join the Shade community and then use the apps? Sure, absolutely. Um, so for any prospective users who want to learn a little bit more about Silk and the Shade Protocol ecosystem, honestly, one of the easiest ways to do so is to actually just visit the application. Uh, one of the great things about the way we've kind of architected uh, the UI for our suite of applications is that all of these applications are available in one 
interface, right? Everything is available one click away from when you bridge in your asset, when you want to liquid stake assets, borrow against assets, LP, swap. They're all within that one interface. So it's very easy to get a feel for what the current ecosystem looks like. And it's very easy to kind of project forward like what this ecosystem is going to be expanding uh, to encompass. Um, and for educational resources, I would definitely suggest checking out our protocol documentation. Um, we've got pretty good documentation on all the different applications and their risks and how everything interacts together. And then also anyone wants to check out how to perform particular functions and do things using the shade applications would definitely suggest checking out our uh, YouTube channel. We've got a ton of really good tutorials there. Um, and as far as if you want to get active in the shade protocol community, your best bet is to join our telegram and discords. We've got a lot of really active members in there who are constantly um, you know, keeping us up to date with everything that's going on uh, relating to privacy and crypto, what's going on to all the projects. And that's generally where we give most of our updates and announcements uh, to our communities. Um, I mean, we put out announcements out everywhere, but if you really want to tap into what's going on on a daily basis and what the community's got going on, our Telegram and Discords are the best places for that. I'd also just add app.shapeprotocol.io is the app link. And also we have a grants program. We've given out over like 10 plus grants as an app on top of Secure Network. So if you're a developer and you're interested about building some sort of really interesting cross-chain functionality or you have any ideas about what that could look like, like let us know. Or we're always on the lookout for, for talent and, and uh, builders that share uh, the ethos of privacy. And on the secret side, if you wanted to just go to our main website, scrt.network, also find a link if you want to click the Twitter profile of the Secret Network account. It's up here on stage. Quick way to get to it. And that has all the information you could possibly need to know. You can learn more about Secret Network and about the privacy it provides and what it enables. Check out the ecosystem tab on the website and you can explore our dApps and our tools. And there's a build tab. If you're a developer, you can check out the documentation. You can find tutorials start trying to build things and for all of the above make sure you join our discord and our telegram you can find links on the website as well get involved with our community and if you just want to stay up to date on what's happening definitely just follow the twitter perfect and on the composable side if you're joining from the secret ecosystem just follow us on twitter and our docs.composable.finance so yeah, just keep an eye out for our Polkadot proposal. It will be going on chain very soon. So appreciate all your support on Twitter or even on the Polkadot forum discussions. Uh, yeah, and thank you all for joining. Carter, Lisa, Patrick, Shade, and Brainjar. And of course, our guys, Joe. And see you all very soon. Thanks for having us. Motherfuckers screaming out loud, looking for mercy before they find themselves working a corner down in Jersey. What could be worse? Misrepresenting the first come first serve mentality stuck in the burbs. I'll be numbing up first before discovering what works, and we'll see what other kinds of treasures under the dirt. We rape and plunder the earth, sit and wonder about the worth and plate. Ring around the rosy while the thunder is served. Motherfuckers walking around here looking faceless, trying to make a living selling friendship bracelets, dead ends dragging out the max amount of pain. Red down days, got them acting all bankless. Yo, fam, what?
Check these tokenomics, they probing this bear, flexing broken honest. I had to lay my soul down, I'm just roasting honest. And then to end a long day, 11 bowls of chronic. Never known the politic, I was born to frolic. It's been my policy to pollinate all over the plot. We got a lot of apologists jumping in at the top. We like to measure their velocity before they hit rock bottom. Over impossible loss, it's all moss, and I'm liking the odds. Bond doing the morning, forming mycological bonds. Click the cap, though, the road is highly involved. Flip a coin, diary falls. Motherfuckers screaming out loud, looking for mercy. Before they find themselves working a corner down in Jersey. What could be worse? Misrepresenting the first come, first serve. Mentality stuck in the burbs. I'll be numbing up first before discovering what works, and we'll see what other kinds of treasures under the dirt. We rape and blunder the earth. Sit and wonder about the worth and play. Ring around the rosy while the thunder is served. Trying to figure out the max amount of dinner. They stacked in non-toxic Just to get a better place Smacking on the hostage Like the shit is played for keeps Clowns, white knight And all these Maybellines They call it implausible When model after model Keeps on ripping off the coat And going full throttle beats Tearing apart your community All these low-hanging fruits Bearing zero liquidity Got a planet in reach Coming standard to each I'm on the back ten Stargazing after the siege Commanding all the management To grab a few seats And then we'll round up the beasts And send a messenger east Y'all better sign a release when I'm bumping these beats Hands up if I got motherfuckers drumming the streets Yo, we got a few dubs, we got a couple defeats And if you're coming for the king, you better have some of each Motherfuckers fuckers screaming out loud, looking for mercy Before they find themselves working a corner down in Jersey What could be worse? Misrepresenting the first come first serve Mentality stuck in the verbs I'll be numbing up first before discovering what works And we'll see what other kinds of treasures under the dirt We rape and blunder the earth Sit and wonder about the worth and play Ring around the rosy while the thunder is served Ten spaces.